Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, TC. Let's give it for Jesus one more time all across this place. Man, we're so excited to have you guys with us, all of you online in the room. And before we get uh, going with the message today, I just want to put a couple reminders out there in front of you. If it's your first Sunday here or if you've been with us since we started the church, I want to make sure that you register for the Reframe Conference. Okay, so before we even get any further, listen to me. They're going to throw it up there. If you got a phone, scan the QR code. If you're like, what's a QR code? We will help you in the lobby. Get signed up. All right, but here's the deal. We're all on a journey. And this is really important. I want you to understand. We're all on a journey. But how many guys know the world distorts our viewpoint of how we're supposed to live our life? And Reframe is our opportunity every year. Last year, we just did a Friday night, and every person that walked out the door was like, why didn't we do this over two days? And I said, I didn't even know y'all were going to come. So, you know, so, uh, so we, this year we've moved it to two days. Um, there's a charge because we're doing a shirt. We're going to feed you on Saturday. So we're doing lunch on Saturday, a shirt for you. So you see our staff, we're already rocking ours because, you know, we got that early access code. So, uh, but... No, for real, sign up because you're not going to want to miss it. Even some of you are watching from home, make sure you sign up. You're not going to want to miss it. And I say that because, listen, almost every family that joined us last year, and I want to encourage you, almost every family that joined us last year, the husband is leading in the home better than he ever has coming off of what happened last year. Come on, every, the marriages are better, the families are better, and more people are pursuing God after what happened last year. And that was just one night. I'm excited to see what God's going to do over two days. So make sure you sign up. It's going to be an amazing time. They'll have some teams in the lobby to sign up. We got QR codes. You can register there. And then last but not least, something that's super important to us, so we're going to take a second to talk about it, is groups. All right? So if you want to start a group, make sure you sign up to start a group. You can start a group for just about anything around here. All right? And so um, and we say anything short of sin we'll use to get people closer to God. Okay? So um, no strip club and drug dealing small groups. But other than that, you can almost get away with whatever you want to. Okay? So, uh, but in all seriousness, if you want to launch a group. But here's what I tell everyone. If you want to start a group, listen, don't think Think of something new to start doing, all right? You already do small group activities. You just haven't invited other people to be joined. So if you already go to dinner every Tuesday night, all I want you to do is sign it up and invite some friends. And guess what? you got a group now, and now you're all have experiencing life change. So help me out with that um, because this is something you want in your life. Turn to your neighbor and say, you want it too. All right, very good. So let's jump into what we got for today, because today I want to talk to you about display. As we kick this off, let's go to Matthew chapter 5. And in in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus gives us insight into what the lives of believers are supposed to look like. All right? And so we kick right off. He says, you are the salt of the earth. Say salt. All right, so look at your neighbor and say, why are you so salty? Golly. I'm just kidding. You're the salt of the earth, right? But if the salt loses its flavor or its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? All right, so just so we're clear, this isn't like the new ratchet kind of salty, all right? So this isn't like the new salty where, like, why are you so salty? No, 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 this is a good thing. Like, your life has flavor in it that impacts the world around it is what he's saying. If it loses its flavor, if it loses its ability to be salty, then is it good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot? But he goes a step further. He says, you're the light of the world. Say light. Be the light of the world, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Say everyone. In the same way. Say same way. 
So the same way he's talking about how salt gives flavor to the, the, the environment around it, the same way he's talking about how light impacts the world around it, in that same way, let your light, Jesus says, say my light. my light. Let my light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So he's saying, let, let the world see what you're doing, who you are, so that God can get the glory out of your life. The God of all creation built us so that our lives would glorify him. That's an incredible statement. And so how many guys have ever come from the environment, or maybe you said this out loud, or you know people say, it's like, I don't care what nobody thinks about me. Anybody? I don't care what nobody thinks about me. Anybody here ever said that before? Raise your hand. I don't care what nobody thinks about me. Let me just help you out for a second. You're lying. Because <laughs> if you didn't care what nobody thought about you, you would have woke up this morning cruised right past your mirror and showed up here looking exactly how you did when you rolled out of bed this morning. Now, don't look around. Don't look around. Don't look around. Don't look around. It's none of your business, okay? Some of the people stayed home because like, that was exactly the problem. That was why I stayed here, all right? So <clears throat> we all care what people think about us. Now, we, we care in varying degrees, but nobody can honestly say, we don't care what people think about us. We can't. Because all of us, to a degree, care about what people think. And so I, I put out a poll this week about people's opinions. What, what do people's opinions about you, how do they impact you? And these are some of the responses that we got. The first one was that people's opinions make me feel like I'm never good enough. People's opinions make me feel like I'm never good enough. doesn't matter how hard I try, and it doesn't matter how good I try to be. I feel like I'm never quite there. Anybody relate? The next one, people's opinions weigh me down and consume me with anxiety. In other words, I can't, it's almost like I can feel it in my chest when other people feel a certain way about me, right? The next one is people's opinions make me forget who God says I am. In other words, I, I know God says this about me, but sometimes the voices around me are louder than the voice that created me. And we've kind of dealt with that over the past couple of weeks. People's opinions are the difference between good and being good enough and being a failure. In other words, for some people, they could execute the same task the same way. And if everyone says they did a good job, they believe they did a good job. And if everyone says they did a terrible job, they believe they did a terrible job. And so we find some of these things, people's Opinions change how I approach my entire day. Has anybody ever had a, a Facebook comment or a DM and all of a sudden you went from this is my day, we're fixing to like slash the enemy's tires or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I'm ready to walk through hell with a squirt gun. You went from that to like depressed just because one person said one thing about you. Have you ever let someone's opinion about you completely pull you into different headspace. That's what they're talking about me. Uh, another person said, people's opin opinions mean everything to me. People's opinions mean everything to me. But all of them came down to one common denominator. This is really what it boils down to when we're dealing with what people think about us. And that's that people's opinions about me change me. People's opinions about me change me. Now, again, I think for so many people, it's varying degrees of change, right? So, so we can all think of one friend right now where someone's opinion about them completely turns them into a different person. We can all think of at least one person like that. If you're going, I can't think of anyone like that. Okay. 
Okay, all right. Uh, but we can all think of at least, but, and then there are some of us where it's like people's opinions about me. I don't know that it changes who I, who I feel that I am, but it definitely changes how I approach most of the things in my life. And so the question that I have for you is, how can we be salt of the earth in a world where we're losing our flavor based on what the world thinks about us and how we're supposed to be flavoring it? How are we to be the light of the world if our light is always being dampened by what other people think? And so the question that I have for you is, how do we do that? I want to talk to you today about displaying ourselves. Because we, we all make attempts to display ourselves. Um, and if you don't think you do and you have a social media, trust me, you do. Okay, We are all putting ourselves on display. Turn your neighbor and say, display. So there's three different ways that we approach this, and I've talked about this each week. There's an in approach, an around approach, and an up approach. So there's a way that we look in ourselves to try to display ourselves. There's a way we look around at others to try to display ourselves. And then there's a way that we look up at God to try to display ourselves. And, and so when we look in, our display is about personhood. So when we look in, and so we look in, we identify with whoever you are. And over the last two weeks, we've covered this in more detail. And so if you're at your first week with us, make sure you go back and check out the other two weeks because it really brings some of this into clear. But, but when we look in, our display that after we've looked in that we show to the world is about our personhood. This is, this is how I feel. These are my desires. So it's who I am. So I need you to accept who I am because this is what I have felt on the inside. But how many guys know our desires, the problem with our desires is our desires inside ourselves can be a little inconsistent. We talked about it last week, how what happens when you want this, but you also want this, but those, those, those two things don't line up, Right. So we go into our cocoon of self-reflection and then emerge with a version of ourselves that matches our desires. But what happens when our desires don't match the desires we have six months from now? We said it last week, some of you can't order off the Wendy's menu. And it's been the same for 20 years. You really think you're the one that should be assessing what you want the most in life? Or should we be looking somewhere else for that kind of information? So when we look in our displays about our personhood, I feel this, therefore I am this. But when we look around at others... Our display is about belonging. How many of you guys have ever seen someone get into a friend circle? They got so deep in that friend circle, they became part of that friend circle, even in how they dressed, how they thought, how they talked, all those things. They went from an isolated individual that probably matched the former friend circle, but now that they're part of this friend circle, they kind of have merged into this space over here. That's because when we look around at our community, our display is about belonging to something. And I'm here to tell you today, that's not the, that's not the worst thing in the world. You just kind of got to be careful who you're trying to belong to. Right? We look into the circles of community to become that version of ourselves that will gain the approval and the validation of others. How many guys love a good attaboy on the shoulder or girl? Right? We, we love that. And so here's what we do. Do you need me to be funny, fashionable? Skinny, smart, educated, successful, whatever you need me to be, I'll be that so I can belong. The problem is, how many guys have noticed that even our friend circles can be inconsistent with what they want out of us? I want you to be this now, but I want you to be that later. But here's the thing, anybody ever gotten a written warning when your friends wanted you to change? Or did they just expect you to change and when you didn't change when they wanted you to change without telling you what, you, what they wanted you to change into, you lost a friend and you didn't know what to do about it? So how do we meet unspoken expectations of friend circles that are as inconsistent as we are with what they want out of us, but yet never give us a warning as to how that's going to change and then we lose friends because we're not the version of us they want us to be. 
And for the record, they don't even like them. How in the world could they approve of you? So we got to be careful who we're trying to get approval and belonging from. Even when we don't want, and, and here's the big thing when we're talking about looking around. Even when we don't want to belong. Like even when we don't want, so even for the people that are like, yo, I really, I, I, I may care a little bit about what people think, but I don't care a lot about what people think. I would even press to say this, even if you don't care a lot about what people think, you're still measuring yourself up against the version of yourself and other people you don't want to be like. So even if you're not trying to be like those people, you're trying to not be like those people and therefore you're still looking at others to measure yourself. So we're always looking at people to measure ourselves, which brings me to the place that we should probably start at a bit more often when it comes to displaying ourselves. And that is when we look up, our display is about connecting. When we look up, our display is about connecting. Connecting to what? The only thing that matters. Because when we look up, we're connecting to God first. And when we connect to God first, guess what relationships automatically line up? All of these. The problem is when we're looking in ourselves or around other people to tell us who we are, we're constantly facing inconsistency. But guess who hasn't changed before? God. Matter of fact, in Hebrews 13, 7 through 8, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In other words, what God says about you doesn't change based on how the wind blows, even though your friends change based on how every season changes. What God says about you doesn't change no matter what's happening in your life, even when you don't like what you see in the mirror on different days, weeks, months, or years. God is still the same, and what he says about you is the same. Now, there are some complications around how we display ourselves, and I want to give those to you for just a second. How many of you guys have noticed that in the 21st century, it is so easy to display ourselves, easier than it ever has been before? Like, listen, if you want to be this person, all you got to do is go on your phone right now, start an Instagram account, take some pictures and that, as that version of yourself, and you got a whole new you. You get to create a new identity that you've never had before. You can create a new version of you that people have never met before. You can dress different, act different, walk different, talk different. You can put on different clothes. You can do whatever it is you want. You get to be a whole new version of you. The problem is that gets a little hard, doesn't it? Anybody ever had a hard time keeping up with the different versions of yourself? Because you were in different circles and environments. And so that can be a little bit hard. It's vital because we want to be liked and we want to be supported for who we are. And there's no greater voice than the voice inside your own head. The one that tells you that you're not enough. You're fake. You're not real. You're not authentic. And so we battle with those voices inside our own head. The second thing that we run into when we're dealing with displaying ourselves, so the first thing is it's super easy in the 21st century because we can literally display ourselves however we want, whenever we want. But the other thing is displaying ourselves the way we want to see ourselves has isolated us from biblical friendships. It has isolated ourselves from biblical friendships. Here's what I mean by that. For many of us, when we try to display ourselves the way we see ourselves, look at your neighbor and say, the way I see me. All right, so when we try to display ourselves the way I see me, here's the problem that we run into. I want you to see me the way I see me. I need you to see me the way I see me. And so what we do is we fall in love with the version of ourselves today. But when someone comes against that version of ourselves, we take it as a personal attack that you don't love me anymore. And so here's what we've done. We've reduced accountability in our life because we've surrounded ourselves with people that just agree with us all the time. 
And so all I do is I find people in my life that are like, no, 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 you do you, honey. You, you got this. No, you, you just be the version of you you want to be. And we've stopped surrounding ourselves with people that says, hey, bro, that's not how we talk to our wife. Hey, bro, that's not how we live our life as believers or as men of God. Or, or ladies, you got no one in your life saying, honey, I know that you think that man's good for you, but what you really need is someone that's going after God first before they go after you because if they can't love God, they'll never properly love you. What we need in our life is someone that tells us what we need to hear according to what God says rather than just agreeing with every blow of the wind in our life. Listen, I got enough of my own selfish desires in me. I don't need somebody agreeing with those all the time. What I need is someone in my life saying, that's not how we act. Not so that we can be saved, but for those of us that are in Christ Jesus, because we are saved. We're not trying to earn our spot in heaven, but because God has brought us into the family and now we're going to heaven, he says there should be some different fruit in our lives. But hear me, has anybody ever realized that when I stop letting people in my life that hold me to a higher standard, my standard goes to the floor? Because I'm no longer concerned with making sure that I'm making progress. All I want to do is be accepted. And so what do we do? We just be accepted. We surround ourselves that accept the worst version of ourselves because at least I'm getting a thumbs up. I would rather be liked by the people that don't matter than be held accountable by the people that do matter. And God says, that's not the way you were built. I didn't build you that way. Trevin Wax says it like this. The look-in approach to life weakens us and fails to prepare us for what we'll encounter in the real world. Have you ever looked at some of the young people today? And I say young people not as a dig at young people. I just think they were raised in a society that accepts this way of thinking more than any other society. And so when we look at young people today, and some of them are starting to go out for jobs, and they get a job. And the second their boss starts to push back on them, they think it's an attack against their personhood. How dare you tell me what time I have to be here today? brother we you know like like you know how dare you tell me what to wear we have we have uniforms I don't know like right I don't know what to tell you we all wear red shirts it's in just you okay like and so I feel like this society is the society that deals with it the most right so we're we're in that culture that's dealing with it the most why because we take everything that comes against what we want as an attack against who we are And that's not the way that it goes. And so how we display ourselves isn't the most important thing. So as we look in, that's not good preparation for what the world needs out of us and what God wants for us. So what do we have to do? We have to approach it differently, which brings us to the third problem with all this. And then I'll give you a few points I want to help you with today. But the third problem with this is that there is severe contradictions in cultural display. There's severe contradictions in cultural display. Listen, if everyone is equal so nobody stands out, how can you be unique so that everyone stands out? So display yourself with uniqueness so long as you don't over-display your uniqueness to make other, feel, other people's uniqueness feel under-unique. Anybody ever, like, anybody wrestling with this right now in society? You be you, but don't be too much of you. You do you, but don't do too much of you because too much of you overwhelms the people that don't know how to be enough of themselves. So now you're going to be an arrogant jerk because they don't know how to display themselves enough. So don't over-display because they're under-displaying, but don't under-display because you're going to make the over-displayers feel too much of a jerk. All right? So like, and anybody ever found themselves in tension where you're just like, I don't even know, bro. I'm going to stay at home with my dog. I just, that's what I'm going to do. 
right? I'm going to Uber eat some Chick-fil-A. We're going to call it a day. Uh, it's wraps for me, right? So, because why? It's so hard in society right now to like fit into any spaces because if you over display, then you're the jerk. If you under display, you're too weak. If you over display, now it's too much about you. If you under display, now you're being a martyr. If you over display, right? You're the ones that need to have some humility brought into your life. And if you under display, maybe you're just too weak to be part of the real crowd. And so what we've done is we've found these interesting contradictions of what it even looks like to be part of society. The byproduct of this particular mindset is we've found ourselves in a lonely environment, isolated to this reality that we, everyone's trying to figure out who they are, who they want to be, where they don't have many friends, any if, many if any true friends. And I saw a study the other day. It said that most people have on average 600 Facebook friends, but none of them have one friend they could call to pick them up from the hospital. So we are overstimulated by superficial friendships, yet we don't have anyone in our life that's making us better. And that is the society that we live in now. And that is the problem with the feeling that we need to display ourselves rather than we need to understand the design of ourselves. Because if God made us a certain way, then we need to live that out. And whatever the, the ramifications of that is, that's what I'll show the world. Instead of, let me show the world me, and if they accept me, then I'll go this way. How about we start looking at God for what he says, and then we'll figure out the rest. And so I want to give you three things quickly uh, today before we leave on what it looks like to navigate this and three steps to breaking the approval addiction, right? So the first thing you've got to do is you've got to discover the fulfillment in God's design. You got to discover the fulfillment that comes from God's design in your life. Let me help you out for a second. God made you. And if you don't learn anything else here today, I want to help you out that God designed you. So who you are, God designed. What you want may not be what God designed, but who you are, God designed. So before we even get crazy with anything else, God created you. He created you with purpose. He created you with destiny. He created you with a design and a plan to fulfill. In every moment, you're more worried about you than you are about God. You're walking away from the greater fulfillment, which is what God wants for you, to pursue temporary fulfillment, which is what you want for you. And that's the reason for some of us, we can't seem to line up the greatness that we know we're capable of versus what we're actually doing in our lives. So that you need to discover the fulfillment in God's design. Other people's approval can't give it to you. God's design, and I want to help you with this, God's design always leads to serving people. God's design always leads to serving people. Listen, if you can't put your finger on the last time you lived part of your life to help other people, live for other people, and serve other people, there's no reason you're, you're finding yourself depressed, overwhelmed, and full of anxiety because you've made your life too much about you. Find people that are serving people, and you'll find the happiest people you've ever met because they've realized there's a disconnect between everything being about me and a life that's about what God wants for me. Because serving people is where we connect. I'm going to take you to Ephesians 1, 18 through 19. I'm going to read it to you in the message paraphrase um, because I think that it unpacks a little bit better for us to understand what the writer is trying to tell us. He says, I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning and knowing him personally. 
Your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is he's calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for his followers. That's what he says at the end. I want you to grasp the immensity, grasp the the bigness, the grandness, the overwhelming power of this way of life that he has for his followers, right? What does he say? It's this huge thing, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust in him. Endless energy and boundless strength. And when you're constantly running out of energy and you're constantly running out of strength, I would challenge you, you're probably not living the life that God has for you. You're probably not finding fulfillment in the design that he has for you because I'm here to tell you today, God put something in you, but he wants it back out of you. And it's not out of you as in he takes it from you. Out as in is what he's put in you. He wants you to use to make the world different, shine the light, be the salt, change the world. What you display on your Instagram doesn't matter nearly as much as what you do when you walk out these doors. And so we have to not display what we want people to see, display what people are going to see, not based on the superficial version of ourselves, but on the actual version of ourselves. And if it never makes it on your TikTok, so be it. But if you change three people's lives when you walk out that door, you fulfilled the design. And so our display isn't about how we want people to see us. Our display is how people actually see us. Have you ever had a friend that just tried to display the version of themselves that they thought everyone was looking at, but everyone really knew the real them? So, like, they thought they were hot stuff, but every time they walk in the room, you and your friends just rolled your eyes at them? You're just like, oh, gosh. If your answer is no. (laughs) So, we got to discover the fulfillment in God's design, but the second thing we got to do is assess the circle that surrounds you. You got to do a real assessment of the circle that surrounds you. Because listen to me, you can try to be this version of you all you want, but if you're only surrounding yourself with people that are making you worse, you're never going to get better. If you're always surrounding yourself with people that think the way you're trying not to think, you're never going to get where you're trying to go. You've got to assess the circle that's around you, right? I'm here to tell you today, when it comes to friends, let me just encourage some of you. You need to look for better more than you look for bigger. You don't need a bigger friend circle. You need a better friend circle. All right, so you don't need more people, you just need better people. So when I say better, I don't mean better as in like they got a Ferrari, although. (laughs) If you got one, if I could do a weekend rental, I'm just kidding. So (laughs) listen, we don't need a bigger friend circle, we need a better friend circle. When I say better, I'm talking about people, better friends that make you better. You can think of people right now that when you get around them, they may challenge you more, but they do make you better. And that's what we need in our lives. I want to go back to Ephesians 1, 18 through 19. I want to pull just a portion of that scripture. Side. It says, I ask that the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make, and then he lists a few things, but I want to focus on this part, your eyes focused and clear. Say focused and clear. So that you can see exactly what it is he's calling you to do. God's saying, I want your eyes to be focused on the thing I'm calling you to. Listen, because it's so easy for your eyes to get focused on the things I'm not calling you to. It's so easy to get focused on the things that don't matter nearly as much as the things that do matter. And I'm not telling you that your job doesn't matter. I'm not telling you that, uh, that what you want doesn't matter. Some of those desires don't matter. Some of those things God put in you. And hear me, we all need to work. So I'm, I'm for all of those things. What I'm saying is when those become our priority, when those become our life, and we forget about the fact that God designed us for something bigger, we are disconnecting from what we want. And hear me, we start displaying what doesn't matter because 
we're desiring more the things that don't matter. We start showing the world those things. And so it's hard to have your eyes focused and clear when the people around you are muddying your vision. And so what do we do, man? As long as we're fighting for others' approval in circles that their approval doesn't matter, then we're always going to wrestle with what he's calling us to. That's why James 5.16 is so important. He says, therefore confess, say confess, your sins to each other. Say each other. That means people. That means you got to tell people your problems. Some of y'all was like, "Uh, mm -mm, I'm not doing that. That means you got to be honest and vulnerable with people to let them into the struggle of your life. Some of you are like, hmm, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to take turns. Everyone's going to come on stage. You're going to tell everyone to hear your deepest, darkest secrets. We're going to work through them together. Group session. All right, we're going to start over. No, I'm just kidding. All right, so, <laughs> some of you are like, nope, all right, nope. Uh, no, why, why did some of you have momentary anxiety right there, right? Because some of you are like, that's none of y'all's business. I ain't telling y'all nothing, okay? Uh, but the reality is we don't trust each other. Come on, help me out. I don't trust these people, so I'm not telling these people anything. Some of the people you trusted more than anything betrayed you. Why would you trust total strangers, right? I get it. But here's what I'm here to tell you. Just because those people betrayed your trust five years ago, 10 years ago, 25 years ago, doesn't mean you don't need to find new people to trust today. Because James 5, 16, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. Why? Listen to me. Because healing is on the other side of community. So if you want to be in bondage for the rest of your life, keep acting like you don't need nobody. But if you want to be free, then you're going to need community because the Bible says people are part of our process. So I need people, but here's the deal. I'm not just going to pick anybody. Listen, you're not going to rattle off to just anybody. Am I right? Hey, I got this porn addiction. That walks up. Hey, this guy's got it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that's not a risk we're trying to take. So, so what are we going to do? That's why groups are so important. Because, listen, on the very first day, you may not air out your dirty laundry in front of eight people. But on week number seven, I guarantee you, at that point, you will have found maybe not the whole group, but at least somebody that you're like, hey, man, can we go to coffee this week? Because I got some stuff I would really like to be free of. Because here's the deal. As long as there's skeletons in the closet that you're keeping, you're never getting free from the pain of knowing that they're there. And so we all need relationships that are going to help build us, make us, lead us, encourage us, grow us. Because accountability is true. And I just want to give you this. This isn't in my notes. It's for free. I'm going to give it to you anyways, okay? It's easy to be a victim. It's hard work to be a victor. So as long as you want to keep sulking in what someone did to you, you're going to stay bitter. It doesn't take real strength to grow. It takes real strength. Or it doesn't take real strength to say the same. It takes real strength to grow. And so for some of you 10 years from now, you're going to hear this message. You're going to leave today. You're going to swing by uh, Popeye's or something, and you're going to forget about everything we talked about. Uh, I pray that doesn't happen, but for some of you, it might. For some of you at home, you're going to make pancakes and bacon or something. I don't know what you're going to do after this because you weren't willing to get go past your mirror. Uh, and I get it. For some of you, I get it. You know what I mean? That's a big, that's an ordeal. So, But all that to say is <laughs> we're in that space where some of you may not do anything with what you've got, uh, what we're talking about today. But hear me, for some of you, you're going to realize that on the other side of your bondage on the other side of community is freedom from your past and listen to me it takes real strong people to say I'm no longer going to let that person dictate to me because here's the reality they're sleeping fine while you're staying awake thinking about them 
And so get free because the best version of you is the free version of you. But you can, here's the thing, you can display the free version of you or you can actually be the free version of you. You can put on Instagram and TikTok that, I, man, I'm, this is the greatest my life has ever been. Or you could actually live that this is the greatest life that's ever been. But it only comes after community, which brings me to my last point. I'm going to help some of you out today. You need to discover the truth about yourself. You need to discover the truth about yourself. And listen to me. The truth about yourself isn't the way you feel about yourself. The truth about yourself is what God says about you. You need to discover the truth about yourself. And, and I'll even go another step further. Listen, you don't need to, to discover my truth. You need to discover the truth. Because anybody notice my truth can change. But the truth never does. So you need to discover the truth about yourself. It's not for, listen, I want to help you. The truth about you isn't for you to define. It's for you to discover. It's not for you to define. It's for you to discover. John 8, 31 through 32 says this. This is Jesus. He says, he says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Say disciples. And you will know the truth. Listen, what does it say? And the truth will set you free. So what, let, let's go back and just kind of pull it apart for just a second. If you abide in my word, in other words, if you stay connected, deeply connected, if you stay deeply connected to, to what I say, then you really are part of my family. And, and if you're really part of my family, you'll know the truth. Listen to me, not your truth, not my truth, not that person's truth or that person's truth or community's truth or whatever version of truth people are trying to portray. No, 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 no. God says, if you'll stay connected to me, and listen, I want some of you to get this because some of you have wanted just enough God to make sure that you don't burn, but not enough of God to make sure that you find purpose. And I'm here to tell you today that there's more to this than that. Our, our relationship with God isn't a get out, of, get out of hell free card. It's a passionate pursuit of purpose, life, destiny and fulfillment that can only come in Christ. If, if you'll abide in me, if, you, if you'll stay connected to me, then I know you're a part of me. And if you're a part of me, you'll know the truth that I made you, I destined you, and I'm going to help you fulfill everything I've put inside of you. And, and if you'll stay connected to those things, you'll, you'll find the truth. And listen, the truth is what sets you free free from the bondages of expectation, free from the paralyzing reality that your friends may not approve of you from week to week, free from the painful process of what's behind you, free from all the religious obligations you think makes you a good person. But I'm here to tell you those things are just false frailties that never quite hold together because even when you're killing it on a good week, you still feel like you're dropping the ball. Because I'm going to set you free from all of that and show you all it is is about being connected to me. That's what Jesus is trying to tell us. That's why we look at it. Romans 8, 14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are what? Children of God. So when you're letting the Spirit of God through people and through his words speak life to you, you're connected as a child of God. And so I, I feel like this is important for me to do as I wrap up today because I kind of wanted to open up a window to you guys that I... I struggled with an addiction for a long time. Struggled with, a, with a, a, a significant addiction for a long time. I would 
I would go, I would, I would sometimes like take some before I came, even on the stage. Sometimes I would, I would leave the stage and I would, I would go get some and I would, it was, it was around my house often enough that my wife even said like, you got to put that down. And for the longest time, I didn't know how. So I would, I would, some Sundays I would come, I would preach and I would leave here. I would go to my office and I, I even had it in my office. It was a constant struggle for me. And I would come, I would come as soon as I would walk off and then I, I would, throughout the week, it was like I needed, I needed more and I needed more. I think some of you know what I'm talking about. Starts with an A, ends with an L. It was approval. I got some of y'all, didn't I? Because we love for people to approve of who we are. But here's the problem. It's never as satisfying as we thought it would be. The reason we always need more is because all that we've gotten never quite satisfies. My question for some of you today is, what if true satisfaction only comes from being connected to God? What if true satisfaction only comes from knowing that your identity comes from God himself? And what people may think about you aren't gonna matter nearly as much as what God thinks about you. What if the reality to what we want comes from him? And I wanna go back to Ephesians 1, 18 through 19, give this to you as we close. I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in what? Knowing him personally. Knowing him personally. Matter of fact, if you were to look back at the, orig- the first time we read this, that's the first part before clear eyes and fulfillment and purpose and the extravagant life, before all of those things. That's to me, some of it starts with knowing God personally. For some of you, you've never actually taken that step your version of God is your grandma's version of God or your mom's version of God or your Sunday school teacher's version of God or a pastor from when you were 10's version of God and you've never allowed God to become real to you. And I'm here to tell you today, God wants so desperately to be real to you because when God becomes real to you, everything else falls into place. And what we really need is to be connected to God. And so I wanna invite you to close your eyes across this place as we get ready to wrap up. And, And what many of you need to know God for real right now. This is your moment to to really know God. And and before you leave today, I want to give you the opportunity. Maybe you grew up in church. Maybe you've never been in church. Maybe you've been around Christians. Maybe you've never been around Christians. You think we're all crazy. Wherever you fall in that category, I'm here to tell you today that God desires to know you. Today, if you've never actually given your life to Jesus, you've never actually put your faith in him. Here's the beauty. The reality is we've all sinned, the Bible says. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. That's what the Bible says. God has a desire for us and none of us have met it on our own. But when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for the sins in our life that we couldn't pay for ourselves. And today, to be forgiven of those sins today, to be close to God today, to be saved. It isn't about what you can do. Listen to me. It's about putting your faith in what Jesus has done. And today, if you're ready to know him today, for some of you, you're like, you know what? I need to take that first step before I, I don't even, I don't want to leave here today 
I don't want to stop washing today before this is done, then I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. And you can put your faith in Jesus who can save you and give you a fresh start today. And if that's you, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with you. The whole church will pray it with you. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. I know I've messed up. So I give you my life. I believe you died for me. And so I want a fresh start. I want a new beginning. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's put our hands together for all those that prayed that today. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. Mytc.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.